it's not more popular than cheddar than British cheeses at the moment. In fact, it's considerably less popular, but the rate of growth is just extraordinary. It's kind of doubling and doubling. So I don't actually think it'll ever overtake cheddar in the UK. I hope not, because I love cheddar and still and so on. <laughs> where we explore the UK's diverse food culture. For this bite-sized episode, Jess Brown-Swinburne spoke to Richard Vines, chief food critic at Bloomberg, about halloumi, the squeaky cheese that, much like hummus, has become ubiquitous in UK supermarkets and is often found as a vegetarian option on restaurant menus. In his article, How Halloumi Devoured a Nation, Vines explains how Britain has become the largest importer of this once obscure cheese from Cyprus. Halloumi is a soft cheese, semi-soft cheese, generally made and consumed initially in Cyprus. It's a family kind of thing. Grandmothers would make it. It was usually made with sheep's milk and goat's milk rather than cow's milk. And as the years have developed, there's more and more cow's milk going into it. I think cow's milk's cheaper and easy to get and so on. And when did it sort of first start to appear in the UK? As recently as about 30 years ago, there wasn't much halloumi in the UK, just a few Cypri- you know, Cypriot families would probably have it, but it certainly wasn't mm-hmm. generally consumed. And then the story, according to the halloumi makers, is that a single Sainsbury's branch put, put some halloumi on sale in North London. People started liking it, and it just, you know, it just developed and developed into... It's not exactly a mass-market product. I think if you travel into provincial towns in England, you won't see everyone eating halloumi, but it is eaten all over the UK, and even a single supermarket might have three or four or five varieties of halloumi. In his article, Vines talks about the politics surrounding the origins of the cheese and whether British-made halloumi should be given the same official trademark as halloumi made in Cyprus. Historically, halloumi is a a Cypriot product, and Cyprus is trying to get uh, EU status for it, where it can only be designated as made in, in Cyprus. One of the problems is, of course, Cyprus is split between the north and the south, which complicates things, between the Turkish and the Greeks. And uh, so Cyprus, the Cypriot government, has taken out trademarks on halloumi, but hasn't been awfully successful in enforcing them. Theoretically, you can only make halloumi in Cyprus. If it's not from there, it's not halloumi. But there are manufacturers around in the world, particularly in the UK, where it's so popular, who just call it halloumi and don't bother with that. And there's quite a, well, I say a very successful young Cypriot chef with a restaurant called Kayseri, and she serves British halloumi there, she was telling mm-hmm. me. She just says it's better. And what the British makes will tell you is that they are doing it to more traditional recipes because they're doing smaller batches of it and they're cooking their grandmother's recipes Whereas in Cyprus, it's now an industrial product, they will say, the Cypriots won't accept it. And you're more likely to get, you know, cow's milk or more cow's milk Mm -hmm. in Cypriot halloumi. Champagne can only be made in Champagne. Certain cheeses can only be made in those areas. Parmigiano-Reggiano can only be made in that part of Italy and so on. That's what they really want for halloumi. And why wouldn't the Cypriots want it? But at Mm -hmm. the moment, they just can't get it, which is why, you know, companies in England have been making it for years. So although Cyprus wants protected origin status for halloumi, it seems unlikely that the British-made product 
which has become a popular feature of our brunch and lunch menus, will be rebranded anytime soon. We asked Vines where we should look to find the best halloumi. In terms of the kind of metropolitan elite in London, there are chefs, as a young woman, Celine Kierzim, that's probably the wrong pronunciation, and she uses halloumi in her restaurants, it's very popular. Mm -hmm. But it's even people like Jamie Oliver have got halloumi recipes on their um, on their website and so yeah. on. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's broken out of a little uh, Cypriot ghetto into, you know, something you can see on TV. Mm -hmm. The most likely place you're going to eat halloumi in the UK is Nando's. Uh. <laughs> they have, they have <laughs> halloumi. It's got such certain qualities. It, because of the chemistry of it, it doesn't melt easily. So you can grill it and serve it with a salad, which is quite handy. It fits in with modern eating trends. And I also think the fact that it's not a really strong flavour, maybe some people like it who don't like the more mm. kind of aggressive cheeses. Would you say it's now more popular than cheddar and sort of British cheeses? It's not more popular than cheddar than British cheeses at the moment. In fact, it's considerably less popular, but the rate of growth is just extraordinary. It's kind of doubling and doubling. Mm. So I don't actually think it'll ever overtake cheddar in the UK. I hope not, because I love cheddar <laughs> and still and so on. But I, as far as I know, it's the fastest growing cheese, and it certainly is very fast growing. Global shipments in 1992 were 2.4 million tonnes, and in 2017, they rose to 163 million, so 2.4 to 163 million in uh, 25 years. We, we British are crazy. We take 43% of the shipments from Cyprus. Uh, it's three times more than the number two market, Sweden, and five times more than the Germans, and Germans number three. It's very popular in Europe. I'm assuming the more Cypriots have emigrated within Europe. It's we, We've got such a multicultural country, haven't we, well, at least pre-Brexit, you know, it's... If you're in, you know, in the workplace or a class, you know, half the people who you're working with are from different countries, and we've just got such different traditions all here now. But I think we have just been historically been a, a kind of melting pot of very open society. That's all for this episode of the Melting Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please check out meltingpopmag.com where you'll find more stories about food as well as tips and recipes. This episode was produced and edited by Jess Brand Swinburne, Ashling O'Leary and me, Julia Webster. Our original music is by Gully Trim. Melting Pot is an online magazine created by journalism MA students at City, University of London. Music